Hey friends, you're listening to Whole Heart with Monica C. Guidry, a place where you can discover your purpose, your passion, and a place to get tips to get zest for your life back. Keep listening. Every Monday and Thursday, new uploads and tons of laughs right here. Welcome to Whole Heart. This is Monica C. Guidry. Friends, I'm so glad that you're here. It is Monday, so you guys know exactly what that means. It means it's Enneagram Monday ah! for the whole month of August. Myrna is going to be with us. She is an Enneagram coach, and she's going to be telling us all about the Enneagram. She's been with us for two weeks already, um, two, two Mondays already. This is her third Monday, and she's got something amazing for us um, to talk about, one of the triads. So uh, before we get started, I want to just remind you guys that my seven-day affirmation journal is out. It is entitled, I am passion purpose. I want you to get a copy of it, especially if you are an Enneagram four, <laughs> you'll learn all about that. Uh, but these are, this is where you can chart down your feelings, friends. Um, but if you're not a person that likes to journal, if you're not a person that finds the need for journaling, I feel that you should. It is completely therapeutic. And if you're one of those people that says, I don't even know where to start. That's exactly what a guided affirmation is. It, I actually give you several affirmations to repeat out loud and then, and then to write out loud so that even if you don't start out believing the affirmation, the more you say it, the more it becomes you, the more you believe it. Um, so you get that. It's a seven-day affirmation, guided affirmation journal. You can purchase it on monicacgidry.com. That's my website. And if you have any questions, just shoot me a DM. So without further ado, now that I have all of that out of the way, why you're here is for Myrna and she's our Enneagram coach and our tour guide towards Enneagram. <laughs> so welcome, Myrna. Hey, Monica. So good to be back with y'all today. Yes. So what do you have for us, Miss Myrna? Yeah, today we are going to be talking about the triads. And so over the last two weeks, um, we have been talking about the Enneagram and all nine types. Last with a quick glance at your core motivations and messages that you're really here. Today, we're going to dig into the most popular triad type of the Enneagram, which is our centers of intelligence triads. So these triads are the feeling triad, the thinking triad, and the gut triad. And for everyone, um, one triad is more dominant, triad supports that dominant, and then one triad is repressed. The one that is typically how you read the world and anything that happens, it's how you put information and how you're going to respond. And it's either going to be intuitive or intentional, but you're going to respond with a, what do I feel really meaning on your emotions? Or what do I think leaning more towards the facts of the situation? Or what do I do? Mm-hmm. So the goal in knowing and understanding this information is one, to know what your dominant triad is and two, to strengthen those bigger triads so that you can be more balanced in terms of taking a balanced and holistic way of being in this world. Because if we're on just our dominant center, we might miss so much information in a situation which miss out in ways that we could respond or perceive the world in situations within our world. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into it. <laughs> get into it. Today, we are going to dive in to the feeling triad. 
So this triad is also known as the heart triad or relational triad, and it contains our types twos, threes, and fours. So while these all while all these numbers seem rather different, they all share the same heart instincts. So our twos, threes, and fours all take in life and information through feelings with their heart. And they generally respond based on what they're feeling them and how they're feeling in a situation. Connection and relationships are huge for these types in this triad. They want to connect with you. They want to look for approval from you. They want to see how they're being perceived by you and others. And this triad tends to make a difference in themselves so they can shift to the perception of others around them. They'll do whatever it takes to make connections with others. And in doing so, sometimes, unfortunately, shift so much that they lose themselves and the ability to handle challenging situations effectively. Our twos, threes, and fours are very good at sensing the energy of others in their environment. Um, they're, they're experts at that. And if you just try it, think about how you notice energy in others. Whether you know someone walks in and you feel that liveliness or you feel a drop in energy, um, you feel the, the energy levels of space. And that's awesome. That's a gift um, for our twos, threes, and fours. People in this triad are looking for love and animation beyond themselves and could sometimes perceive that they're unlovable. They're looking for ways to be loved, whether intentionally or unintentionally, they're looking for it by what they do, what they produce, by helping and caring for you, or by believing they should be loved simply because they're unique and because they're special. And so these folks that are typically going to introduce themselves relationally, like I'm Tyler's wife or I'm Mia's mom. And they seem themselves and they see themselves from that connection with other people. That is so good. And the, the only reason why I'm like, not my head and like about to jump through the screen is because I fall within this triad. I'm a, a Enneagram four and I, everything that you're saying is like spot on. And it's, you know, it's crazy for lack of a better expression that, you know, we really, how the Enneagram really narrows it down, like down to a T as to our aspirations and the why we do certain things. I absolutely can sense uh, the energy in the room. I mean, I, when someone walks in, I can, I can feel it. Or if I'm going into a room, I can feel it. I mean, it, it's for, it's for my, for my benefit. I used to just say before I knew anything about the Enneagram, I would just say, you know, this is, this is, this is a gift. It's a blessing and a curse, for lack of, yeah. another, lack of a better expression, because you literally can sense, regardless if a person says they're okay or not, you know, like, mm, you're not being honest, you know, yeah. that the, the, there's a part of me that just lets them be, but this is so crazy good. Okay, so what, 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 else, we, what else we have? So the emotional struggle for this triad is shame, and often it could be perceived as anxiety, they're actually very familiar with anxiety and intuitively, interestingly for this triad, change other emotions into anxiety without even realizing it. Right. They have to recognize that under that anxiety is shame. And honestly, they're just trying to avoid it. Um, they first would have to identify what came before that anxiety by asking themselves, what preceded me feeling anxious? Why am I in this place of you know, that anxiety? Because it'll help them to determine what they might be avoiding. And once they can name that, they can then work through whatever it is. And it's a lot of work, honestly, requires a lot of practice and can be very emotionally draining. But over time, it gets better and it gets easier. So when, and, 
Yeah. I'm sorry, just really quick, if I can interject. When you say shame, in, in terms of, of what? Because when you think shame, you think, you know, I mean, it's has such a, a very negative, you know, meaning that attaches with it. But so when you say shame, break down that, that terminology for us. Yeah, so shame is just this feeling of distress or humiliation, um, really feeling like you are this bad thing. Um, so that need to feel loved and to be accepted and appreciated, they feel like they don't, they don't deserve to have those things. They well, can't get those things. They have to earn those things in some way, shape, or form. And so, so that's sh- oh, that sh- so really them like putting it on themselves like, I am unworthy. I am bad. I am wrong. And honestly, it's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll let you keep rolling. (laughs) So within this triad, we have, like I said, our three types, our twos, our threes, and our fours. Our twos within this triad, so they all express or navigate the world with feelings, but they all do it just a little differently. So our twos externalize their feelings, our threes deny their feelings, and fours internalize their feelings. So all navigating around the feelings, just in different ways. So we're gonna dig into each one. The first one are twos. They are helpers, sometimes out of touch with their feelings because they really just want love and they often settle for appreciation. They desire to be needed and unfortunately have mastered sacrificing their own needs and feelings so that they can please and take care of others. Their superpower is this keen ability to sense and feel the feelings of others in the room. But not only do they sense it and feel it, they take it on. They wear it as if it is their own. And that can be a blessing and a curse. Their ability to really empathize with you is so strong. But in that, they lose themselves. Mm. Twos often don't know what they need. So when asked, they typically tell you that they're okay. Sometimes often not true. They're afraid of getting too close to having their real needs met because if you don't meet those needs, especially not meeting them in the way that they really need it met, they don't know if they can handle it. Some twos have a lot of difficulty experiencing love and intimacy and often take physical closeness as or instead for that emotional closeness. It's so important for a two to spend time alone They don't want to, (laughs) they really don't like to, but it is so, so helpful for them. It's a good time for them to work toward understanding their own needs and to really self-observe, to take note of what they're noticing and to begin to replace their real feelings in that place where they normally put what others feel like and what they feel like others want them to be feeling. So it's a great time for them to really self-reflect and start to own how they feel. Because the more that they do this, the more you create a sense of self that doesn't alter, it doesn't shift, it doesn't move when you're around others. And then you can assert yourself more, learning to protect yourself from being used and taking advantage of and really discovering your own talents so that you can love and support and help others from a place of healthy boundaries. I'm motioning over here like, it's so good. I'm just thinking about the twos in my life. And, and, and exactly what you're saying is exactly what they do and, and how, and how they are and interact. It's so, so good. Okay. You can, you can go on, go on. I want to keep interrupting. I so good. <laughs> oh, you're, you're totally fine. Our threes, they deny their feelings. More specifically, they take in information with their feelings, but they don't use those feelings to process that very information that they've taken in. So they just deny it. 
they have the greatest trouble accepting and recognizing their feelings, their own and others. They tend to be very driven, efficient, and accomplished. Uh, they love to succeed and they put a lot of value into desired roles and achieving those roles. Uh-huh. Our culture absolutely loves threes because they're competitive, they're successful. They have so many ideas, they can make tasks efficient and they get stuff done. And they do all of that with such ease that a lot of us just hope to have and want to have. Uh, for our threes, they achievement is open-ended. In other words, They don't really feel like that they've ever really arrived at achievement, as successful as they are. And they're often taking on new projects and constantly have new projects being added to their plate. And when others are lazy or inefficient, honestly, honestly, they perceive that inefficiency or laziness because truly some people aren't. They just see it that way. They struggle. They struggle when others are that way. And threes, external image is crucial and not necessarily in the way that um, we might automatically think. It, right, because I would autom- I automatically think when I hear that, that they're, you know, uh, image conscious, like, with the, like they have to have designer stuff and, you know, look a certain kind of way as far as, um, yeah, like designer or name brand or all of that. Yeah, like the trendy people. And, trendy, yeah. Yeah, which that's a piece of it because it's how they dress, how they do their hair. That's a small piece of that external image. But really what's talked about, what's accomplished, where someone leads, what role someone plays, those are also playing into someone's image. And they're very aware of that and very particular about how they want to appear in all of those settings, in all of those ways. And no success guarantees their personal worth or value. Mm-hmm. For them, it really truly feels like chasing after the wind, Win- wind. winning and succeeding are they rooted in this deep desire to be loved and accepted? And they need to know that they're loved for who they are, not just what they do. So they typically put those feelings aside because it threatens their effectiveness. It threatens their efficiency. And so if that feeling comes, they take it, they put it to the side, like kind of adding it to their to-do list. But the work that's involved in unpacking those feelings and really using those feelings It takes them away from the efficiency that they want to achieve and the projects that they have that sometimes they don't really get back to that pile of feelings to really unpack. Uh, They're not typically your laid back people. They are very future oriented and some might be workaholics, not all, but some might be. I know some threes. I know some three, three, three is my wing, a very strong lean to a a three wing. And I have a really good girlfriend uh, who's also a three. She's our worship pastor at church. And man, she's, she's, she has like about 10 jobs. I mean, you know, like the things that she does, right. projects and stuff going on. And it's so crazy seeing her work. I've been using that word a lot. I'm going to, I'm going to use crazy a whole lot y'all. So just, you know, bear with <laughs> me. But then she has all these different projects going on and she seems to like be able to do them all so gracefully and with ease. Yep. You're just looking at her like, man, you know, I wish I had like a tenth of that. I mean, you know, I, I work when I am, you know, in my mode. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm on it. And I know that that's my three wing at work because the natural me is kind of like, ah, you know, I'll get to it. But when I'm in a, when I'm in my zone, I can just, I can just knock stuff out. That's just yep, that efficiency. Uh, in. Yeah, efficiency. Okay. So what, what we got next? Oh, well, there's just a little bit more for threes. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. Okay. Oh, you're good. You're good. That was perfect because it's so true. Threes are workers 
And honestly, they typically need to slow down and they need people who gonna tell them the truth because they have to want to be good, not just appear good. And they need goals other than just winning. Say they that are again. such, <laughs> that they need goals other than just winning. Um, threes are such a gift to our society, really, truly. And the key is for them to use their personality and patterns as the strength and awareness rather than allowing personality to drive them. They need to be the one driving that, all of their tendencies. And so some questions for our three to consider are who am I trying to please and why? And what desires do I have that don't necessarily have anything to do with what's popular or public or what others want me to do, but really just because I want to do it. Mm. You hear that threes? Got some questions (laughs) to ask yourself. (laughs) Things to reflect on. And so for today, not last but not least, our fours. Our fours are so unique and they desire to be so in identified ways. They want to be the ones to define their uniqueness. Would you say that that's true for you, Monica? Yeah, I I cannot stand when someone tries to label me or box me into something. It's like, actually, you don't know. (laughs) So, yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, we really don't know. And fours, more than anything, want to be known but allow them to tell you who they are um, and create the space for them to really be who they are in their unique, special um, personalities. Sometimes young fours, especially during their teenage years and often into their 20s, they might define that uniqueness in ways probably a little opposite than what you'd want them to. Um, They long for a comfort that they just think the rest of us have and are looking for normalcy, yet they hate everything that is just normal. normal. Uniqueness is so their thing. Mainstream is so, uh, what? Spoken <laughs> like a true four. <laughs> Fours are connected to the idea or feeling of abandonment. They're always ready for you to leave, but they also really never quite are really ready to handle the actual reality if you did. I imagine that many types feel that way. You know, you're ready people might be leaving but fours feel that on a whole other level fours think we don't understand them and in a lot of ways we really don't they want to be known and it's super important that you just don't pretend with them don't pretend to understand or share their pain because honestly we likely really probably don't mm-hmm. fours are often described as melancholy i think we talked about that a little bit last yeah. week mm-hmm. and for some it's an affirming definition because that sadness and that tenderness, it should exist in the world. And they appreciate when others recognize that, that, yeah, no, this is real. But melancholy is also often described as this depression. And that can be a possibility for some fours, but it's really not quite the way to describe it for a four. Their mood and their energy is one of depth and emotional intenseness. It is a depth that really when you look at it from the outside looking in, it might look like this extreme sadness and depression, but really it's this comfort that they have with an emotional intensity that honestly, y'all, is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, The intimacy for fours can be really tough because of that depth. Not everyone can really go there with them and really understand the depth of their feelings. And (laughs) they don't always invite closeness for that reason. But when they do allow it, it is so important to understand that they need 
those intimate, intense times, but they also equally require a whole lot of solitude. Both are so important for a four. And as with all other types, their uniqueness is such a gift. And when they're expressing it and they're using it, it blesses the world with such a beauty. And it is so needed. You know, what's what's funny is when you're talking, I can tell when I'm, when I'm getting into like a, a melancholy state or what I do with my emotions is I use it to create. But so what's happening now, and I always forewarn like new friends of mine, like, listen, we're entering into autumn. We're entering into the fall time. This is when, this is when it comes out. I just, I I get super mushy and I get super like, um, I'm not necessarily withdrawn, but I go within myself. I go within myself, almost, almost preparing to like hibernate or to think or to just be, or to just swim deep usually around this time of the year is when that happens i'm like i don't know why i have this strong connection to the fall maybe it's because of like just the 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 intensity of the changing of a season and you i can just feel it i can just i can just feel it so maybe that's why but so if you're another four out there and that's you or you and you relate you know give me some you know hit me up my dm or something like that but yeah, like I don't know what that is, but definitely the melancholy part. Um, I, I'm more connected to that feeling when around this time of the year, getting into getting into the fall time. Yeah. Do and you ever like? I know fair. you're a one. I know you're a one. But have you ever heard that from people that you've um, that you've coached that there's certain seasons that they're more connected to, or they're you know. Um, more inter more active or more reserved and like does that tie into any of the the types yeah and you actually just gave me a, a great idea for a future series um so i'll probably do a series on that um but yeah some seasons really do elicit that that feeling i think fall can be a really popular season for a lot of types because because of all those changes like ones we love change. We thrive on things changing. We feel like everything needs to constantly be improved. <laughs> and so for us seeing fall, it's like, look at this happening. And it's happening in such a beautiful but messy way. So it's like perfect for one in terms of their growth. But this isn't about oh. the one triad. It's about the feelings triad. Because okay. ones are, we're, we'll, we'll talk about it, what, next week or something? The last week. Yep. Ones uh, are in the gut triad. Okay. Um, but with our feelings triad, each season really does elicit like a different mood. I believe it. There, there's a word that you can like put for each season when it comes to, and it typically for our feeling triad, it would be an emotion um, <laughs> because fall can give the feeling triad lots of hope. Whereas the winter season can just be like this consistency and this like, like it's just, Simple. And it also depends on where you live. Because if you're, you know, in those snowier parts of the country, it's just more peaceful because it's white and snow and, you know, know, leaves on the trees, that sort of thing. Um, But if you're, you know, more in the South, it's about the same all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Seasons connect to each type in different ways. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I'm excited about when you do, whenever you do your series on connecting to the seasons, let me know about that because man, I think we're, we're onto something when it, when it comes to that. Um, so, um, so we have just a recap. So we did two, three, and four. That's all in the heart triad or feelings triad. 
correct? Yep, same thing. Okay. It's often called the heart triad, the relational triad, or even the feelings triad. Yeah. Okay. All right. So one more time for, for the viewers who may, or for the listeners who may just be tuning in, have not caught up from day one or from the first Monday, tell them how they can reach you and how to take the Enneagram test and all of that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't even know if I said my name from the get-go, but you did, so that works. But I am Myrna. I am owner and founder of Enia Health. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, at Enia Health, E-N-N-E-A Health. And um, there is a typing guide on my Instagram if you go to the link in my bio. You can also feel free to DM me. I love connecting with my followers. I love um, connecting with folks. And if you're connecting with me coming from this podcast, feel free to shoot me a DM and just say whole heart. And I'll know where you're coming from. And um, you can chat about your type. And if you know, wondering, I'm not really sure if I really fit into the feelings triad. I'm not really sure what my type is. I tried to take a test, which is not always 100% accurate. It's actually 60 to 80% accurate. And so feel free, DM me, say whole heart, and we can connect and chat about questions you have about the Instagram. So awesome. Thanks again, Myrna, for coming on the show. You're awesome. I can't wait until next Monday. we got one more Monday after that. And I'm just going to give a little teaser for what's coming up in September. If you're a married couple, or not necessarily Ooh. a couple, but if you're a married woman, because the show's for women, it's going to all be about sex. So I have a, a sexologist coming on, and she's going to be Fine. running it down and, and giving us the lowdown on how to keep things spicy and all that good stuff. So so make sure you keep listening and make sure you go back and binge the Enneagram um, day one, Monday one. Uh, you just have to go back to two more shows so that you can get caught up for next week. So thanks again for listening, friends, to Whole Heart with Monica C. Guidry. And as always, I just hope that you are seeking wholeness in your heart because a whole heart is a heart that's full of joy. It is a joyful heart. Until we meet again, friends, have a great day.